Welcome to day 211 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Kemp here with Katie Kresge, David Keefe, and Matthew Kresge. As we continue in the drama of Scripture, uh, we find ourselves at a really strategic place in the history of Israel. It began with God's promise uh, to Abraham to make a great nation, and through that nation to bless all the nations of the earth. Uh, there was a sojourn in Egypt where the people of Israel uh, went in as 70 people at all, and they come out after 400 years of slavery uh, to be a people of nearly a million, 600,000 to a million different estimates. And now uh, they go through the wilderness to be formed as a people of God, enter the land that God has promised to them, are unfaithful to God all through the journey, and finally forfeit the land and are taken into captivity uh, in the land of Babylon. And here we find Daniel as a part of that captivity, seeking, as Jeremiah would tell them, the welfare of the city that he lives in, serving under you know, several different kings in a, in a highly distinguished way. Uh, but we see here in chapter 9 his heart turned toward his own people and, and toward their return to the land and the fulfillment of God's promises. So we come to a very strategic prophecy. So we're in Daniel chapter 9. And as always, uh, we read Scripture not just because it's fascinating and its predictions and its prophecies and not because we get to say a lot of names that sound really fun uh, as they roll off the tongue, uh, but because God is revealing his heart in this character to us. And in this portrait of the coming one, uh, we we see a glimpse of Christ that becomes ever and ever more clearer as you know, Scripture's story unfolds for us. So before we uh, read, we often pause just to realize what a gift we have, what a moment we have, what a treasure we have in Scripture, and uh, recognize the fact that God is using His Word to build us up in Christ Jesus. So, Katie, you mind lifting us up? No, no, no. Father, thank you. Thank you for um, bringing us here to this place, um, this place in Your Word that where we find ourselves today, where um, we continue to see Your faithfulness, um, continue to see you being true to your promises and um, faithful to your people. Um, Father, help us to, to set our eyes on you. Thank you for the gift that, that we get to do this as your church, as your body um, together. And um, Lord, I pray that you would do a work in us and a work that we could never imagine doing for ourselves, um, a work that only you can do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Daniel chapter 9. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler of the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting in the sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked and have rebelled. We've turned away from your commands and laws. We've not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we were covered with shame. People of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, and all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you, we and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we've sinned against you. Lord, our God is merciful and forgiving, even though 
we've rebelled against him. We've not obeyed uh, the Lord our God or kept the laws that he has given us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your laws and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing on us great disaster. Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all the disasters has come on us, yet we have sought not the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sin and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Now, Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away from your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant for your sake. Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open our eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. Uh, we do not make request of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. While I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people in your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. No one understand this from the time word goes out <clears throat> to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes. There will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After sixty-two sevens, the anointed one uh, will be put to death and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Uh, we have a wonderful example of you know Daniel uh, being encouraged uh, from the scriptures and the promises of scripture, both to understand the context in which God has judged his people, but also the context which God in his mercy uh, will restore his people. And he prays for that restoration. And uh, in response to that repair, he, he gets a vision that's consistent with the visions that he's had you know, throughout this book, the vision of the eternal king and how that kingdom will be set up in, in a time of trouble. And so you have a nice piece of prophecy, a nice piece of prayer, a nice reminder of, of prophecies in the past that are now being fulfilled. Uh, it, it's really kind of a fun section of scripture, even if we 
uh, get a little caught up in the, the 770s and the 77s and mm-hmm. timetables that we want to set up and how we want to you know, see this happen. If you mm-hmm. stand back and you see the, the fuller picture, it's a beautiful picture of the coming of our text reads the anointed place, but it can also be the anointed one. Mm-hmm. And of course, we we see the two of those as coming together. Uh, the place of God's residence among His people is the Anointed One, uh, where God became flesh and made His tabernacle uh, among us. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the things that you you draw from this passage of Scripture? And if any of you has a prophetic timetable that can be rolled out mm-hmm. and know exactly when uh, the final seven is called into, let us know. Yeah. Wish I did. There was some billboard I saw that seemed to have all the answers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love how this passage begins. You know, he says, Daniel understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, the desolation of uh, Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord, you know, God, and and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. And then we get this kind of confession and repentance and plea. And, And just to watch Daniel... You know, we've seen it that he's desired to stay faithful to the Lord. He, you know, we've we've seen him praying when he shouldn't be praying and those sort of things. And yet here we see also him responding to the word of the Lord. That the word, the 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 Lord's word, is doing a work in him that that is moving him. And, and you you get to you get a little bit of insight into his prayer life that he's not just kind of praying anything and everything, but that. The word is producing prayers and and confession and repentance in the mm-hmm. life of Daniel as well. So, I love just to see that relationship. You know, as we think no. about how do, how do word and prayer go together? You know, I, one of the ways we see it is right here. The word when we hear the word of the Lord, it begins to create in us a, a soft heart. It begins to move about confession right. and repentance, and, and we respond to Him according to His character as revealed in Scripture. And of course, there's two things. Uh, you know, the Daniel's emphasizing, you know, the righteous judgment yeah. of the Lord and the gracious restoration, you know, that the, you know, the Lord brings. And uh, so you see the rhythms of prophecy, you know, that, uh, you know, God is honored both in his judgment of sin and in his salvation of, of his people, his rescue and his restoration. In, in this case, you know, the nation. And I love the humility of Daniel, too. There's the line towards the end of his prayer where he says, um, in verse the end of verse eighteen, he says, "We do not make requests of you because of because we are righteous, but be, because of your great mercy." Mm-hmm. And even it says later on that Daniel was highly esteemed, but he still is he's confessing his own sin here and his and the sins of the <coughs> of the people. And so, love getting to see getting choked up, yeah, <laughs> choking me up. Off the pass on, I got something stuck in my throat. <laughs> That's actually the verse that really <coughs> stuck out at me too. It's just, um, and and also just the that it's a perfect and a wonderful example of a corporate prayer, uh, a corporate confession of sin. So he's not only confessing his own his own sin, but the sins of the people and. Um, that's an interesting topic that we don't have time to fully discuss, but um, no. um, but it, it is interesting to see here that um, that he is kind of representing like before the Lord, representing the people. Um, we see ourselves, you know, largely, you know, in, in Western society as individuals, uh, where you know Daniel is seeing himself as part of a larger community, mm-hmm. and you do have you know everything that Matt was bringing out a while ago that you know David is. In Scripture, you know, has conducted himself with utmost righteousness in the most difficult of circumstances. 
And uh, so it'd be easy for Daniel to say, you know, that's not really my problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I've honored the Lord in, in my life and in the things I've done. But he said, you know, I'm, I'm part of this. Mm-hmm. I'm part of a people who have not honored the Word of God. I'm part of a people who have not listened. I'm part of a people, you know, who are uh, under the righteous judgment of God. And I'm also part of a people who God has, you know, promised his restoration. And, and so, uh, you know, his sense of corporate identity shows itself in the way that he confesses. This is not, you know, your problem. Uh, this is this is our problem. And uh, we lean into our God, you know, for the resolution of it. Of course, you know, what David was trying to say was, you know, really nice, you know, the fact that we don't ask this because of anything in us, any righteousness in us. We ask this because of your faithfulness, you know, to your word, you know, mm-hmm. relying on us. And so there, there are a lot of, uh, you know, if your family's not everything, you know, it should be, you're a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, a, that's a wee problem. If your church is not everything that it should be, you're, you're a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a wee problem. And, and of course, if your, your, your community and your nation is not everything it should be, you're, you're a part of that. And it, 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 it's, a, it's a wee problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, we like to create an us and them mentality where we see ourselves, you know, separate from the communities we live in. But uh, those around us, you know, because of who we are, uh, we have a responsibility uh, you know, for for those around us in the communities that we live in, the families we're a part of, and the churches, you know, that uh, uh, we belong to, and so that's that sense of corporate identity that mm-hmm. Katie said we couldn't exhaust, and we certainly won't exhaust. But it's just a different way of thinking. We think of ourselves as individuals. Uh, scripture beckons mm-hmm. us to see ourselves as a part of a greater community. Mm-hmm. It even being, says, yeah, the, the curses and the judgments, they're written in the law of Moses. They've been poured out on us, plural, because we have sinned against you. And so he sees all this tied together in the corporate identity of Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Matthew Kresge, why don't we have a beginning and end with Kresge prayers? Right. Am I closing us? Yeah, that's right. Father, we do thank you um, that you are sovereign over all things. Father, we thank you that you have given us your word and revealed your heart and character to us. Father, would we respond as Daniel responded, not in arrogance or in pride, um, but instead in in humility and confession. Father, knowing that we fall um, far too short uh, of all that you've called us to be and called us to do. And so, Father, um, remind us of your faithfulness, of your mercy, of your grace. Um, and, and Father, restore us that we would be your people um, in your place. Father, thank you for the grace we have in Christ Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.